But praise the Lord, it's time for the Word of God, and we're going to receive today what the Lord has in store for us. Amen? His Word gives us direction. His Word equips us. His Word anoints us. And His Word shows us the way so that we can go to greater depths in our walk with God. We've been doing the series on Church Powerful. Uh, we, we've done quite a few. I don't know how many weeks so far, probably about 10 weeks. It's been quite a while. And uh, we're going through now through the part of this teaching in terms of how to make way or make more room for the anointing and the power of God to become more and more manifest in us and through us. And I said to you last week that if you don't spend time in the presence of God, you will not make room for a greater anointing in your life. Why? Because spending time in the presence is a bit like plugging into a socket. If your battery is gone flat, you need to recharge it. You've got to plug into the socket and power will come back. And that's, that's what it is really, is when you spend time in the presence of God, it's a bit like plugging in to an electricity socket so that you can get recharged. You can get filled with, with, with the, the anointing and, and the presence of God. Amen. And I want to ask you a question. When last did you set a day aside to pray and fast and be in the presence of the Lord? When last did you do that? You know, some of you have never done it. Some of you have said, no, it's too difficult. I can't make it. But let me say this to you. Everywhere that you look in Scripture, people who are walking in the power and the anointing of God made time to spend in the presence of God. They made time to pray and fast. The question is, do you make regular time to spend in the presence of God each day? And do you set special times aside to pray and fast and seek the Lord and seek his anointing and just be there in his presence? The Bible says those who wait upon the Lord. That means those who, who go into his presence and, and just wait upon him shall renew their strength. And that's not talking of physical strength, although I'm sure that happens too. It's talking of spiritual power, spiritual strength. That's what he's talking about. You want to be spiritually strong? You've got to wait upon the Lord. You've got to make time to wait upon the Lord. Show me a Christian that does not make time for God's presence, and I will show you a spiritually powerless Christian. I'll tell you right now, many, many Christians will not pray for the sick. They won't cast out devils because they know very well. They, they, don't have, they, don't, they don't feel they have the power. But the power is actually in you. It's in seed form. It's there. God has released his power, his anointing. If you baptize the Holy Spirit, you've got the power. But you've got to learn to release it. You've got to learn to make way for it. You've got to learn to make it grow. So that it develops and become more and more. You've got to hunger and thirst for more of that power and that anointing. And if you don't make time to spend in the presence of God, to wait upon the Lord, that will never happen. Amen. So when it comes to being spiritually empowered for the work of a ministry, which we are all called to, by the way, the work of a ministry is not for pastors and full-time full -time ministers. They are there to equip you. 
It's for the Christian to do the work of a ministry. This is what it says in the book of Ephesians. Amen. The fivefold ministry is there to equip the saints. For what? The work of a ministry. And what work of a ministry? Well, what Jesus did. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. What did he do? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. That's what we're talking about when we're speaking about church powerful, which is what God's heart is and his intention for every believer. Problem is the spirit of religion has come in and diluted that truth in many Christians' minds. They don't see themselves like this. They're pursuing other things. But that's what God intends. That's what Jesus intends for his church. So when it comes to being spiritually empowered for the work of a ministry, there is no better proof than Acts chapter 1 to illustrate the connection between standing, spending time in God's presence and and making more room or releasing the power of God. And I'm going to read that to you. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. It says, while he was meeting with them, that's Jesus, when he was meeting with them, he ordered them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the Father's promise. Wait for the Father's promise, about which you heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay? And as you all know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a baptism of power. Amen? So Jesus said, wait for the Father's promise. And then it says, now those who had come together began to ask him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? They didn't understand what he was talking about. But he answered them, it is not for you to know what times or periods the Father has set by his own authority. But you shall receive what? Power. Dunamis. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When Jesus says you will be my witnesses, he's not talking about you standing on a tomato box on a street corner and preaching, preaching Jesus Christ to the crowds that are walking by. Like we used to do years ago, I don't think we can do this these days anymore. You're not even allowed to preach in a mall or even in their parking lot. But he's talking about witnessing the ministry of Jesus. In other words, not being a witness in a, in a way of being, being one that, that shows, that displays the same ministry that Jesus did. He began it. He was our example. Now we follow in his footsteps. That's what he's talking about. You can't do that without power because it's all to do with the supernatural. It's all to do with walking in the supernatural. So what were the disciples doing? They were waiting in God's presence, like Jesus told them to do. Wait for the promise. They were waiting together in God's presence, spending time in God's presence, praying, just like Jesus ordered them. Now watch what happened. What happened is very simple. When they did that, they were empowered for the work of a ministry as the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they were all filled 
with the anointing, with the power, with the fire. And their whole lives changed. Their ministry changed. You know, when they were in the upper room waiting, they were not just actually waiting because Jesus told them to wait. They were also hiding, by the way, from the Jews. And once the anointing came upon them, they lost all fear. All fear. They became bold. They became courageous. And Peter flung open the windows and he preached to the Jews that, who were down there. And that day, 3,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord. If this is not preaching in the anointing and in the power, then I don't know. What a display of the power of God. Let me give you just a small suggestion in terms of spending time in God's presence that you can do practically even in the midst of your busy life. Firstly, start your day with 15 minutes of prayer before you go to work. Before you set out, just begin your day, just give 15 minutes to the Lord. Amen? And during that time, just give your day to the Lord and begin your day with his presence in your life. Amen? Just start there. Then if you can, I used to do that quite a lot when I worked many years ago in Standard Bank. Spend the first 15 minutes of your lunchtime. Well, even if you're working from home, that's okay. You can do the same. Just the first 15 minutes of your lunchtime in the presence of God. Use this time to read your Bible, to read a, a, a daily devotion or, or something like this, and to pray. Pray for your work. Pray for your, your company. Pray for your boss. Pray for your colleagues. And then before going to bed, spend another 15 minutes studying God's Word or reading a good Christian book or listening to a Christian CD or something like that before you switch that light off. That will give you 45 minutes in God's presence. Just break it down in chunks that you can accommodate in your busy schedule. And you know what? The simple formula works very, very well for busy people. And I believe that over and above it, every Christian should give. I practice this, by the way, so I'm not asking you to do something I didn't do. One Saturday a month, between 8 and 1 o'clock, from 8 o'clock till lunchtime, remove yourself. I used to go away from my home. I used to go, amazingly enough, to ESCOM, believe it or not. Because in those days, you could just drive in, and they had a wonderful big area right bordering, I can't remember if it was a little river there or something, but you could drive there and park yourself underneath the trees in the beautiful surroundings. This goes back many years, of course. You can't do that today. And uh, I used to spend time there, and sometimes I used to take people with me, and I used to minister to them. It was awesome. From 8 until 1, take a... I used to take a flask of coffee, a sandwich, and just sit there, my chair, my garden chair, just open it, sit there, and just wait upon the Lord, read my Bible. You know, it was awesome. Ministered sometimes to people. It was awesome. And that way, uh, the Lord taught me so much in those times. Once a month. It's not asking a lot. But you want the power of God to increase in your life. You've got to do things like that. 
You don't spend time in the presence of God. You see, you and I cannot have the power of the Spirit working in and through us powerfully unless we spend time in God's presence. Recharging us, us, our batteries, so to speak. Receiving a fresh filling of, a, of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Lord is the power of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is the power of the Lord. You see, when God asked Moses to go and challenge Pharaoh, Moses realized that he could not do this successfully in his own ability. So he argued with God. In fact, the Lord got angry with him because he said, God, no, you're choosing the wrong person. Well, he was telling God, sorry, God, you're making a mistake. You don't happen to know. You don't know me. I'm not the right man. He said something to the Lord. He said, I'm a nothing. It's not the way it's written in the Bible, but that's essentially what he was saying. He says, Pharaoh is not going to listen to me. I'm a nothing. I don't have the ability in the natural to do this. Pharaoh was the most powerful man on earth at the time. And he was not a friendly man. He was a violent man. But God told him this. He said, my presence will go with you. That's sufficient. What was he telling him? He said, don't, don't, don't do this in your own power. I know Moses. I know you are nothing. I know you are the most humble man that exists on earth at that time. I know that. But I'm not asking you to do this in your power. My presence will go with you. What he was telling him is my power, my anointing will go with you. Hallelujah. Why did God say this to him? Because in God's presence, his power and his anointing is released. Exodus chapter 3 verses 11 and 12, Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring out the sons of Israel from Egypt? Who am I? I mean, nothing, God, I can't do this. And God said, I will be with you. My presence will go with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you bring out the people from Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. I will be with you. You know, that's what we need, church. When God is with you and you're ministering to somebody who is demon-possessed, when God is with you, his presence is with you, you will command that demon and that demon will go because the, the power will be released. You see, the power of God flows when his presence goes with us. I know God is with us all the time. Well, I'm not talking of a general presence of God in our lives. I'm talking of a very specific presence of God. There is a difference between the two. And for this, this type of presence to be with us that way, we have to spend time with him. You know, Jesus said, where two or more gather in my name, I am there in the midst of them. He, he was not saying, I'm never there with you. No. You could be alone. Jesus is with you. But he's talking about the special presence of God that releases his power and his anointing. That's what he's talking about. That's why we call it the corporate anointing. Where we gather together, more than one. Few of us get together. There is a special presence of Jesus. I am there in the midst of you. You know, church, when I look at all the spiritually powerful people of the Bible, like Abraham, Moses, Ezekiel, Elijah, Joshua, 
obviously Jesus, Peter, Paul, John, and we could go on and on. They spent much time in God's presence. The same applies to today's spiritual generals. There are many of them who are doing incredible ministry for God around the world. They've labored in the ministry sometimes for decades. I've heard many of his people's testimonies, and you'll hear one tune that goes with all of them. They make time for God. They make time to sit in his presence. They make time to wait upon the Lord. Amen. You see, God has created you to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you are meant to rule over your circumstances and be an overcomer and not the other way around. You're meant to overcome more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You're meant to defeat the works of darkness. That's what Jesus' ministry was for this purpose. Well, the Son of Man made manifest. What? Why? To destroy the works of the evil one. That's what we're meant to be doing as believers. Wherever we have opportunity. Amen. So I want to say this to you. Get some divine power back in you by spending time in the presence of God and begin to rise against the enemy that has come against you. Not only against you, but against others. You know, we, we pray for ourselves, but sometimes it's more difficult to pray for ourselves than to pray for someone else. Do you know that? It's not just to defeat the works of darkness in your own life. It's also to be a vessel that God can use to set other people free. Hallelujah. Jesus ministered to people all the time. He set them free all the time. Paul, Peter, James, all of them, Philip, Timothy, they all ministered to people. And we as Christians are meant to be ministering to a world that is lost, a world that is, that is imprisoned by darkness. So I want to encourage you. Make time for God. Spend time in his presence. Because that is the number six thing that we need to do in order to make room for more of a manifest power of God in our lives and through our lives. It's to spend time in the presence of the Lord regularly. Amen. So I'm going to bring that one to a close now. And then next week we continue with number seven. So just to remind everybody the six things. What we looked at to, uh, so far in order to make room for a greater manifestation of God's power and anointing in and through us is number one, develop your love for God above all things. Number two, develop your love for people. Number three, eat at his table. Number four, walk in the fear of the Lord. Number five, feed on the word of God. And number six, spend time in his presence. Hallelujah. Church, I want to encourage you, if you missed any of this series, if there's one series that I want to say to every one of you, is such an important one, it's this one. Because in this time and season of chaos all over in our own nation, where darkness is kind of becoming more and more manifest, it is time for the church to arise in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God.